Let us pray. Silence in us, O God, any voice but your own. And as we follow the star, as we celebrate the good news of the birth of the Christ child, as we turn the page into a new year, open your word to us and transform us that we might follow you for Christ's sake. Amen. Our gospel lesson this morning is the familiar narrative of the visit of the wise men from Matthew's gospel, the first 12 verses of the second chapter. Let us hear God's word. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him, and calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warmed, warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, just before Christmas, a memory was triggered for me. I must have been eight or nine years old, and our church, the Central Presbyterian Church in Zanesville, Ohio, was putting on some kind of Christmas pageant. Now, it didn't have quite the spectacle of our nativity service on a Christmas Eve or the Boar's Head Festival, but still, it was a pretty big deal. And either because I was the pastor's oldest kid and had place of privilege, or I was the pastor's oldest kid and nobody else wanted to do it, I had a role in the pageant. I was, in fact, the little drummer boy. My job was to journey up and down through the congregation, 
while the choir sang the anthem of the same name. I was in costume, of course, with a tattered jacket and soot rubbed on my little eight-year-old cheeks. I had a drum that I pretended to play. It was adorable. There's even a picture of it somewhere with my bang straight across, a bemused smile, the little drum in hand ready to play. That's the memory that was triggered for me. The radio station Warm 101.3, who began playing, I think, continuous Christmas music around Labor Day, played that same version of Little Drummer Boy from all those years ago. I hadn't heard it in a while. The words have more theological profundity than you might remember, if all you remember is pa-rumpa-pum-pum. <laughs> Baby Jesus, the song says, the little drummer boy sings, I am a poor boy too, reminding us of the poverty and the vulnerable environment into which Jesus was born. Then this, I have no gift to bring to lay before the king. I'm not sure, either as a theatrical or biblical consideration, whether it's a promotion or a demotion, but now I'm a king in our pageant. My costume's a little fancier. I carry a container of frankincense rather than a little drum. But still, the question remains. We sang it more than just a week ago. We'll hear it again this afternoon. That question, what shall I give him? Yesterday was Epiphany, the 12th day of Christmas. Epiphany means something like discovery or revelation. It has to do with the kings, the wise men, the magi, seeing the star in the sky, not unlike we have here in the chancel, following it to Bethlehem to greet this little baby, this newborn king. If you revisit the 12 verses we just heard from Matthew's gospel, you'll discover that so much is going on. The, the Magi, we've heard nothing about them beforehand. We will not hear anything about them afterwards. The star about which astronomers have puzzled for centuries. And note Herod, the, the deep threat he feels from this little boy and the immense fear he wields with his earthly power. Then Herod's dealing with the kings, all the palace intrigue, all the, the political and religious implications of it. Then the Magi's actual arrival, that may be the best moment. When they arrived, they were overjoyed. Overjoyed. There is this absolute and extraordinary juxtaposition on one hand, power and privilege and wealth of the Magi and the poverty and the vulnerability of the Holy Family as they bow down before the child and the mother. The king's wisdom as they return home by another way because they know something is up. They don't want to play into Herod's evil plot. So much going on. And then there are those gifts. 
They opened their treasures and presented him with gold and frankincense and myrrh. Impractical gifts, perhaps, maybe as the joke goes, a, a casserole would have been more appropriate to bring to this family. But in the words that Katie read just a moment ago from Isaiah, we are reminded that centuries earlier we were told that this is what they would bring. And besides, in scale and in symbolism, there is a gift of great value, a gift of great and sacred beauty, and a gift that poignantly foreshadows this baby's future. So much going on, so many trajectories and implications. And yet, today, as an old year passes and a new one begins, filled with resolutions and intentions, as this congregation gathers in a year of stewardship, as we gather in the very cold, as we gather in a cultural and political moment marked by division and uncertainty, as we gather, therefore, seeking hope, as we gather as kings and shepherds and drummer boys and angels and everywhere in between, the question remains, what shall I give him? Now, it presumes a response, does it not? In, in the bleak midwinter, we are called to give him our heart. What would that look like, to give the baby Jesus our heart, our full devotion, our commitment to be willing to follow where his life, his ministry leads? Give my heart. It is both a daunting and a liberating proposition that recalibrates our life and our living, our work and our relationships, that reframes how we view the world and how we live in it. How transforming it would be for us and for our broken and fearful world to, to aspire to that vision, to give our heart. In the little drummer boy, the question is posed and answered differently. Not separated from the response of the heart, but more specific, more particularized. Come, they told me, the little drummer boy sings, a newborn king to see, our finest gifts we bring to lay before the king so to honor him. Now, I'm not sure who the they is to this little drummer boy, but the call is to go to the king, and the presumption is that even this small, poor boy has something to offer. So remember that, all of us, remember that. We all have something to offer which makes this a stewardship story. Then the little boy sings, Baby Jesus, I am a poor boy too. I have no gift to bring to lay before the king. Now we know that's bad theology to say that we have no gift to bring, but it's the theology that has conditioned us, is it not? Unless we have wealth or credential or relevant experience, we have little or nothing to offer. And the boy, who is, I think, a surrogate for all of us, believes that. 
He believes that until he doesn't believe it, until he has his own personal epiphany in this gathering of epiphanies. Shall I play for you on my drum? Shall I play for you? Others will bring gold, frankincense, myrrh, others will bring leadership, others will bring wisdom, others will bring their voice, others will bring their gifts. But I have a gift too. I will play for you on my drum and join the chorus of rich and famous and poor and unnamed who will worship you by sharing what we have, by sharing who we are, by giving our heart. It seems like the right answer, doesn't it? I will play my drum. And so we do. Now, as I said, I hadn't thought about these words in a very long time. It's a kind of statement of faith. Until I heard it on the radio just a few weeks ago, I played my drum for him, the little drummer boy sings. I played my best for him. I don't want to make too much of that lyric, overanalyze it at all. I played my best for him, my best. What would that look like? What would our best look like? Well, it does not, as far as I'm concerned, look like several things. This is not about success, or at least cultural success, not about optimizing potential, achieving peak performance. Business or sports analogies fall away at this time, winning, improving, all those things. It is about well-being and wholeness, giving the best of who God makes us to be, who God calls us to be, our, our physical wellness, our emotional and relational wellness, in particular our spiritual wholeness and wellness. Because we cannot fully give our hearts, we cannot fully seek to meet the needs of the world if we are not tending to our own spirits, our own souls. Now I know for some a New Year's resolution helps that. For others, a New Year's resolution is just an invitation to fail and become more discouraged. But know that in this narrative of our faith, God gives us gifts to share. Gifts to use for the common good. And the more that we can remove personal stumbling blocks, whether behaviors or attitudes or baggage of any kind, the more liberated we will be to fully offer our best, our heart, our gifts. So first we look deeply inside our souls to discern our best and what we need to do to be ready to respond, and then, eyes raised, we look around. Where is our best needed? Where does this baby need us to be? Where does our own iteration of gold or frankincense or myrrh get offered? Where do we play our drum? Where is there human need? Where is our voice most needed or our time or our pocketbook 
What would make this tiny baby smile when we show up? The needs are so great, and our gifts are so abundant. Where does need and gift connect for you and for us? In just a moment, we will celebrate communion. And as you come forward to the table, imagine yourself also coming forth to the manger. What gifts do you bear? What can you give him? How will you play your drum for him? Amen.